Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com, and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another Friday Look Back episode of the Invest Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Castillo, and this is my opportunity to provide you with my best insights into the world of real estate investing, business, and entrepreneurship. So on today's episode, I, I wanted to dive into a question that I get asked, you know, quite often, and that's, you know, what what's the best way to get started in investing in real estate? Is it passive or active? And I'm going to give you some of my thoughts and opinions on, on this question, but I think um, like many other questions um, like this, it's going to boil down to personal preference. Um, but let's talk about this a little bit because I think there's some, I think there's some nuances between uh, being active and being passive uh, uh, as, in terms of investing in, in real estate. So Let's, let's start with the basic question in terms of, um, you know, passive versus active. Like say, for instance, I, I think when you, when, you, when you talk about being an active investor, um, I see it a couple of ways. I think you can be an active investor, you know, in buying small multifamily. Um, and by small, I mean uh, 10, 20 unit uh, buildings uh, where if you've, if you've saved up, uh, you know, a decent amount of, of, of cash, you know, probably in the range of around $250,000. I think that puts you in the ballpark where you can you can go after a, a 20 unit building um, and maybe you can do that and, and hire a property management company to handle the day-to-day -day operations. I think that's still active investing. Uh, a second form of active investing is, uh, you know, when you have an approach using um, single family rentals instead of small multifamily. Um, and, and the third option would be to go the, the passing, passive investing route um, where you find an apartment syndication and you invest your money into that deal and you make the preferred return that that particular deal is, is offering. So I think a, a lot of people will find themselves on the fence as to whether or not they want to do active investing or passive investing. And one of the things that they uh, will uh, question is, well, which one is better in terms of overall returns? And, you know, I think as, as an investor, you probably don't want to get too hung up on what overall returns are uh, because there, re returns are going to depend on so many different things. And, you know, if you're, if you're an active investor and you're finding deals on your own, yeah, you, you're going to have the potential to take on uh, deals that have uh, higher potential returns, but you're also going to take on deals uh, because you're doing them yourself. You're going to take on more personal risk. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So, so the first thing is if you do have, you know, some money saved up, and again, some money, I mean, at least about $250,000. And we can use that as kind of the, um, the, the scenario in, in, in our discussion. So what can you do with $250,000? Well, 
I think that puts you into, into the ballpark where you can be looking for small multifamily and again, small being, uh, you know, 10 to 20 units, 20 pro probably being the, the, the max that you can look for in that price range uh, with that amount of money. And again, I'm not saying that you would buy a 10 unit apartment complex for $250,000, but that would be um, a good start towards down payment and, and closing costs. So um, looking at that, and if you compare that again to say a syndication where you might be able to generate about 8% um, in terms of cash flow, well, that preferred return is about $1,666 a month. Uh, again, that's that's considerable cash flow, but you know, probably not enough to uh, for you to be able to retire on or leave a W-2 on, uh, but it's it's a pretty good start, you know, $1,600 a month in, in, in cash flow. Not to mention if you invest in a syndication, you do have the, the annualized returns uh, from, from the deal. So, you know, say for instance, the, the, the annualized returns are somewhere around the range of 20% after the sale of the property. Well, on an annualized basis, that's about $4,166. So again, um, closer to an amount that you might be comfortable um, thinking about retiring or leaving a W-2, but probably still not quite, not quite there. Um, and if you are, if you're looking at deals, especially in syndications that are more than uh, 20%, you know, 30 or 40%, I, I, that might give me pause and, and I, I'm going to want to dig into that deal um, and find out why the operator, why that syndicator um, thinks that they can hit such an aggressive number in terms of overall returns. I'd want to make sure that they are using the right kind of debt, uh, maybe that they are using the right strategy for a particular property, uh, but that would give me pause. And if it's one of those where if it's too good to be through, uh, too good to be true, then it, it very well may be so the other scenario is if you have that amount of cash maybe you could invest in single family homes uh, buy them in bulk and then you know continue to try and scale i'm not a fan of this method of this strategy um, and the reason why i'm not is because every transaction is so much effort every time that you put a house under contract it's it's just a tremendous amount of effort to get that to closing um, and, and actually close and then um, you know, find a tenant, uh, do the renovations, find a tenant, move them in. Um, and even if you have a really good property manager, that's still a lot of effort. And then if you don't have a good property manager, well, then that's, that's a nightmare almost. And then if you really wanna generate a, a, a fair amount of cash flow um, to get to the point where you can retire or leave a W-2, you know, when you when you buy a single family home uh, in today's market, you're probably lucky if you can generate about $100, $150 in cash flow, you know, and, and again, every market's different, but uh, it, it's just going to take a, a massive amount of transactions um, to get to a decent amount of monthly, you know, passive income um, that you could use to, to leave a W-2 or start to plan for early retirement. I just think that's a that's a tremendous amount of work, uh, a very heavy lift uh, as a real estate investor. Not to say that it can't be done, because it it can be and has been done. Um, you know, there's uh, uh, many people who use the burn method, where they buy and they rehab 
uh, a property and then they refinance it um, and then they repeat that process all over again. Um, but that is, uh, I mean, just by by explaining that process, I mean, that's a tremendous amount of, of work and effort that's involved. And if you have an aggressive goal where you want to leave your W-2, um, that's, um, uh, it, it's doable, but it, it's almost like taking on another uh, full-time job, full-time business, and it, it really is. So, so again, going back to personal preference, uh, I think is what this is going to come down to. If you're an active investor and you have some aggressive goals that you want to hit, um, I think probably passive is not going to be the way that you're going to hit those goals. Um, if you, you know, active investing is going to provide you the opportunity um, to, to hit more aggressive return numbers, more aggressive cash flow numbers. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll have an opportunity to buy a value add, you know, 10 to 20 unit apartment building, implement the business plan, and then you can do a cash out refinances, um, or you can get a supplemental loan, you know, whatever you need to do, you need to do to get your money back out of that property and then put it into something else, or you can sell it and uh, 1031 into something else in a couple of years um, so that you basically double in size and uh, or almost double in size, you know, well within a, a five-year time frame. That is very possible, and it's actually a very reasonable scenario. Uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, there is a catch, and that catch is that there's more risk involved. And the reason why there's more risk is because you are starting a business and anytime you start a business, whether it's in real estate or you're selling paper clips on the street, there's going to be a learning curve, learning curve, and you're going to have to figure out what the right processes are, and you're going to have to figure out who the right team members are, and you're going to have to figure out uh, what you're good at and what you're not good at, because there's so many steps involved in real estate transactions, and we're not all going to be good at every single thing, uh, every single step along the way. You know, you may be good at finding deals. Uh, you may good. You may be good at um, all the processes involved leading up to closing transactions, but you may be terrible at managing an apartment building. So, uh, those are things that you're going to have to find out, and it's going to cost you money uh, when you find out. So, there's just more risk, in my opinion, involved when you're buying your own deals uh, and taking the value value add approach. Uh, because we're not just buying a stabilized property uh, in this scenario. And when you're buying a value-add deal, there's not only risk in buying a building, but there's a risk in implementing a business plan that adds value to that property and then to increase the rent. So you have to watch your occupancy and you, you got to watch where your rents are relative to the premiums that you projected. So if you thought you were going to get $1,000 in rent and you're only getting $900, you know, you're missing uh, you've missed on, uh, you know, where you thought you could push your rents to. And as you're renovating the property, well, you, you also have to keep an eye on your, on your construction crew. Uh, you got the, you have to keep an eye on the property management company. Um, if you have, if you, if you've uh, contracted a uh, property management company. So there's a lot of different variables in play. Um, and there's a lot of offer, a lot more opportunity for you to lose money in the same way that there's opportunity for you to make more money, there's also opportunities, more opportunities for you to lose money. So if the goal then is to not be as aggressive, but you want to maximize cash flow 
while keeping your risk and your headaches to a minimum, in that case, I think the syndication approach is probably the best uh, because there you're plugging into a system that's already been established. You're basically investing in a business that has already shown a proven track record. Um, it's not likely that you're going to have the types of returns that you can get on your own, you know, buying a small apartment building, but from a risk mitigation standpoint, relative to returns, I think syndications offer you, you know, risk adjusted returns uh, that are more than competitive to what you'll find in the, real, in, in the stock market um, and with much more minimal effort on your part as an investor. And I believe that's really gonna be the best approach if you're purely looking for the most money um, and you're okay with a little less risk um, and less time involved um, and a similar time horizon. You know, syndications are typically about five-year uh, time horizons. And if you're buying your own apartment buildings, you're probably gonna be in the same or similar time horizon, you know, three to five years uh, to get in and out of a project. So. Um, again, given uh, less risk, less headaches, I think syndications make sense in terms of maximizing cash flow on a risk-adjusted basis. So for people out there who have W-2 jobs, maybe other businesses and families that they're uh, taking care of and responsible for, I think a syndication approach is going to make the most sense. You'll have a significantly lower time investment um, than being an active investor so if you if you're having if you're having to work a forty hour work week, if you have a job, and it you know you may ask yourself, is it even possible for me to have the time to buy my own property? Uh, and that's a great question. And, uh, and again, it's going to boil down to personal uh, circumstances uh, as to whether you have the time to do so, um, because people people have done it, but it is that much of a priority because you know people who have done it with a full time job prioritize this you know, over other things in their lives. So um, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. How much of a priority is this going to be? Is it gonna be a higher priority than other things that you've got uh, going on? Uh, not only your full-time job, but you have a family, you have a wife, a husband, kids, uh, grandparents, you know, whatever. Um, how do you prioritize these things in your life and where does it stack up? And then that will then dictate the amount of time that you can spend towards real estate investing. And I think the, the, the answer then becomes, you know, a little more clear based on your personal uh, circumstances. And again, uh, I mentioned this at the very beginning, um, there's, there's no right or wrong answer to active versus passive. Much of this is going to come down to personal preference, the amount of time that you have, what, what are the priorities that you have in your life, uh, what are you trying to maximize? Are you maximizing uh, for returns or are you maximizing for peace of mind? I think those are the types of things that you have to think about when you're considering whether you want to be an active investor or a passive investor. And, and, and time is one thing that, uh, you know, we can't put, we can't equate a dollar value to, um, especially if you're an active investor in your first, you know, couple of, of units or transactions um, and that's true even if you're starting out with single families, there's a learning curve and there's a significant amount of time that's going to be involved. Um, and that's assuming again, that you have the right team, you know, property management team, brokers, realtors, 
you know, those types of, and those types of people are, are going to be uh, invaluable in your real estate uh, career. And if you don't have a good team, if you don't have good property managers, if you don't have good brokers, good realtors, um, then that's going to even be a uh, more of a burden on your time. So to summarize, I think the easiest way to summarize what I've talked about here today is, you know, the potential for greater returns uh, are available to you, in my opinion, if you want to do it by yourself. There's less risk, in my opinion, and, you know, less risk-adjusted returns, but still good returns if you invest passively in a syndication. And as I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't try to scale single families. Uh, that's just, I think it's just too hard, too, too intensive, too labor intensive, too time intensive, especially when you have other alternatives available to you. I just, I wouldn't do that. So what do you think, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts between active and passive uh, investing? I'd love to, to hear what you think. You can always email me, Simon at sastexascapital.com. And as always, I'm, I'm looking for people to partner. Uh, if you're looking to invest in Texas real estate, and in particular, San Antonio, Texas real estate, uh, I'm always looking to partner with people on real estate investments. Um, best way to get started, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com. There you can download any of our free resources. You can sign up for our newsletter. Either of those will get you onto our email list and will notify you of new investment opportunities as they become available. Um, you can also find out about existing opportunities and our newsletter is uh, full of tips and uh, excellent value on uh, investing in real estate and uh, provide you with uh, updates on existing opportunities um, as well as new ones. So uh, head over to sastexascapital.com. Uh, best way to get started, get on our email list. And that's going to do it for this episode. If you found value today, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It just goes a tremendous way to helping to continue to grow the show and to attract the type of content and the type of guests that you as a listener want to and need to listen to. If you have a friend who's interested in real estate investing, share this episode with them. Might be a, might be a great way for them to get their education started. So until next week, thank you again. We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, how anyone can invest in apartment buildings. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.